<laughs> Caitlin's currently conducting in the vehicle. I always thought that conducting was so interesting. I wish I could conduct. I think it looks I, like a lot of fun. Yeah, it looks so cool. Just like the power that you wield. Phenomenal cosmic power. <laughs> <laughs> Just like you are running the whole entire show, which is a Capricorn's as a Capricorn, dream. my dream come true. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Ride Home Podcast. My name is Abby. Hey, guys, it's Caitlin. We are back tonight doing a normal movie, not yes. a spooky movie. An actual different genre <laughs> than horror or thriller. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Do you feel... It's what a refreshing life. You feel great? Yeah, I feel great. I could feel that you were itching to get out of Halloween. Yeah. I mean, I love, I love Halloween, love horror movies, but... I'm just ready. You're just ready. Mm -hmm. It's funny because we just bought a new TV yesterday. Mm -hmm. And like all I kept thinking of was like, I really want to watch like a horror movie on this. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I just watched 31 in a row. There's never enough. There's never enough. So I'm going to miss it. But I am also excited to move into the award season. There's a lot of movies coming out. Um, in the next couple of months that have gotten a lot of buzz in the festival circuit. Mm -hmm. And one of those movies is a movie that we saw tonight, and that is Tar. It is indeed. So Tar is directed by Todd Field, who has directed movies before. Okay. Um, they are two that I personally have not seen, but okay. they did get, both of them were nominated for Oscars. Oh, okay. So, Little Children and In the Bedroom. Do you know, it's okay if you don't, do you know how recent those movies are? 2002 and 2006, I believe. Oh, shit. Okay, so old. So, they, yeah. So, he's had a little bit of a gap. Yeah. Since he's, where you been? Yeah, where you been, been, been up to, buddy? So, I will not begin to pretend like I know Todd Field no, or have know. like a really passionate opinion either no. way about him no. so this is our only experience with tar and funny enough uh neither of us i think read the synopsis or saw a trailer or really did any mm. like looking mm. into this movie before we saw it tonight basically we saw cape lanchette and we ran for the theater <laughs> and we were like we're in yeah we're here we already like it because she's in it so one of the biggest mistakes that I made was that I didn't even look to see how long the movie was. We'll just say it this way. It was a 620 movie and we are in the car right now recording. It is 937. So yeah, buckle up. It's a long one. <laughs> it is a long one. I'll do a quick synopsis. Tar is um, fictional. This is not a biopic. Right. I, it might feel, if you do plan to go see this movie, it might feel like a biopic. Mm -hmm. It did right at the beginning. I think I immediately searched on my phone. Uh -huh. like, is Lydia Tar real? Right. So the synopsis is, renowned musician Lydia Tar is days away from recording the symphony that will elevate her career. When all elements seem to conspire against her, Lydia's adopted daughter Petra becomes an integral emotional support for her struggling mother. Obviously, it stars Kate Blanchett, and it is a drama that sometimes goes into psychological thriller. Yes. Um, it's listed as a drama, but I will say up front, it 
was genuinely terrifying at parts. Yes. (laughs) Like, we were both nervous. bone chilling. Like, felt a little like a horror movie in certain scenes. The best vibe that I can kind of compare it to is, like, the feeling that Black Swan gives you Mm, on occasion. mm -hmm. It felt very much like like black swan yes before we get into more of our thoughts and feelings on this um i just ran an instagram poll today where we asked um people who have been listening if they have preferred spoiler episodes non-spoiler episode episodes or the episodes where we do 50 50 Mm -hmm. where we start with just a generic rating and then we get kind of in like the like meat and potatoes with spoilers later. And the majority of our listeners voted for 50-50. Okay, well, that is interesting because that is actually my favorite format to record. Well, there we go. That's I have perfect. to say. So did you sneak a vote in? I did sneak a vote in and like I almost didn't because I was like, that'll skew the, ra- the <laughs> ratings or whatever. And then I was like, no, but like I have to also vote. It didn't. There were more like it wouldn't have been tied with And I also, yeah. And I also wanted to vote just out of curiosity to see where the numbers were. <laughs> and like, I know that I can check on the Ride Home podcast Instagram, uh-huh. but I'm lazy. And I was <laughs> just, just on my personal Instagram and I saw the story and I was like, I'm going to vote to see where we're at. <laughs> and it was about... It was honestly about half and half with uh-huh. spoilers and 50-50 was where it was and at. no one said no spoilers. No one said no spoilers. So you guys love when People we... People apparently like spoilers, which is so weird to me <laughs> yeah. because I hate spoilers. Like, I know. I get so pissed. I know. Well, originally when we came up with this idea, we thought that maybe it would be a, a fun way to inform people... In the same vein of like a regular written review Mm -hmm. of like whether or not you might want to see this movie. But I do think that we have both enjoyed making the episodes where we get to talk a little bit deeper about. So thank you guys for voting on that. And I'm just going to go ahead and make the little announcement that from now on the ride home is going to be 50-50. So we will always give you our little elevator music before we're going to go into the spoiler section so that it'll always trigger you to pause it if you need to wait and listen to it at a separate time so that being said we're going to get into the non-spoiler part of tar and we are going to start as always with caitlin's just initial thoughts and feelings coming out of the movie and for the first time in the history of this podcast someone has already heard my initial thoughts and feelings <laughs> yeah and it wasn't abby it was not me it was the girl who works at regal who was sweeping the floors of the theater Mm -hmm. after we walked out of the theater you went to the bathroom Mm -hmm. i'm standing out there like awkwardly on my phone like waiting for you to come out whatever Uh uh-huh the usher comes out of cleaning the theater and she was like did you like this i just have to ask (laughs) you she goes I've heard mixed reviews. My friend saw it last night and hated it. All of the film buffs and like movie nerds Uh love it. Yeah. She's like, I just have to know if you liked it. And I was like, I think I did. (laughs) Um, I think I guess. I was like, I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. But I'm still kind of processing. It's a lot to digest. It is a lot to digest. And it's so long. This was an instance for me where I actually think that it would have been a much stronger movie if it was maybe like a half hour shorter. I definitely agree. It felt a little indulgent 
Mm-hmm. Like it felt like Todd Field just was like allowed to do whatever yeah. he wanted to do. He took a lot of liberties. One of my main issues with this movie was the things that were really important in the plot uh-huh. had very little time devoted to them. Right. And then like things that were very insignificant took up a lot of time. Right. She often goes to like lunch with people or like has like an interview with people. Yeah. And they're very long extended conversations conversations where like it's basically each character just gets like a monologue and then they like kind of go back and forth on it, you know? There were a lot of those and they yeah. took up a lot of time from the movie mm-hmm. and they really kind of dragged out. Right. And those were not major plot points. And so no. then there were other major plot points, which we'll talk about kind of in the spoiler section. Uh-huh. That were very glossed over, I felt like. It was like almost like a tone shift every time mm-hmm. we went to those scenes because the rest of it almost felt like you were just watching this woman live her life. Mm-hmm. There were things that you learned in each scene and you got to know her very well throughout. Yeah. But the main storyline that kept you literally like we were gasping, mm-hmm. like we like. I like grabbed your leg at one point because I was freaked out. We were looking at each other like, oh my God. Like there were a lot of, for lack of a better word, dramatic moments that we had really strong reactions Mm -hmm. to. And if the movie was edited down to tell that Mm. story in a really cohesive way, I think both of us would have loved it. Yeah. Like best movie we've seen so far this year. I agree. I might say that's my only hang up with this movie. Yeah. Is the length and the sort of belaboring of plot points that were just not important. Right. And wasting time, honestly, like just a true waste of time and kind of like we've talked about in some other movies sort Uh of detracting away from those other moments. I think it really reminded me a lot of last year there was a Best Picture nominee that was called Drive My Car Mm. and it was a Japanese drama Mm -hmm. and it was a movie very similar in the sense that if you shortened it and you gave your characters more of an opportunity to just have their story be told in a concise way and like uh just like condense it down yeah like condense down instead in drive my car they had multiple scenes where it was just actors doing a read-through of a play for like 30 minutes and yes i'm just gonna be the one to say it there's this weird thing that happens in the film community the film industry yeah oh the festival circuits <laughs> the dramas okay like i get it you know i always say that there are some movies that are movies and there are some film movies that are films sure. and this was obviously a film Correct. and i know a lot of people who really truly love those kind of non-traditional drawn out kind of like portraits of a real life Mm -hmm. type movies i understand that that's some people's style sure i can't stand it Mm -hmm. because (laughs) when you have these really pointed scenes where you're forcing symbolism Mm -hmm. and you're forcing us to sit in really like awkward moments just because you want almost like you want like an artistic shock value sure like you you said indulgent it's very indulgent Mm -hmm. 
And in some ways, this movie reminds me a lot of the character Lydia Tarr. Yeah. Because she herself is incredibly indulgent. Yes. And there's even like the opening scene is a 15 to 20 minute interview that she's having on stage with this guy where she's just giving the most like over the top thought through like the conductor with my right hand I do this and my left hand I Mm -hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And like totally captivating, by yeah. the way. Yeah. An amazing scene. And you really get to know her because you're like, yep. oh, that's who she is. Uh-huh. She's so She's full of herself. Lady. She's that yep artist Mm -hmm. where she has been told so many times that she's great that she's lost any semblance of a personality and she now is just this artist Mm -hmm. and the movie kind of was that yeah it really was (laughs) you know yeah and so I think I again I I'm gonna agree with you and just say that that was my only hang-up was that it felt very self-indulgent at times mm-hmm. and it really is such a shame because I'm gonna say it that was one of the best performances I've ever seen from Kate Blanchett truly if she doesn't win the Oscar for that bare minimum she's getting nominated oh but for sure I mean I haven't seen other performances I don't that care coming, <laughs> you're just like, like I don't want to see anyone yeah. else like I've always loved her yeah she's incredible but like you said this was her on like a this was like Kate Blanchett on steroids yes I was honestly stunned even in the opening scene I'm gonna go back to that opening scene mm-hmm. where she's giving the interview she was able to use her physical body it's funny because she's literally playing a conductor right but the thing I noticed the most was her hands uh-huh and like I'm sure that was a, a like a choice that sure. they made was to have her be a very like a hand talker uh-huh but the way she moved her hands mm-hmm. it was like she was conducting that moment and she was yeah. conducting how people see her. And I thought that was absolutely brilliant. In just her performance in that scene alone, you know everything that you need to know about her. Mm-hmm. In that one first scene. Yep. It is sort of a dialogue because there's the interviewer. Yeah. But there's moments where it's just her just a monologue. having a monologue. Yeah. And she's not talking about herself. She's no. talking about other composers. She's talking about her mentor. She's talking about the experience of being a woman in music. And in her answers, the way Kate Blanchett delivers those answers, her body language. I, in that immediate scene, I was like, well, she's definitely gay. Mm-hmm. She's definitely full of herself. Mm-hmm. She's definitely either a narcissist or somebody who is very capable of convincing people mm-hmm. that she is this great, wonderful person. Yes. But you could also see the darkness mm-hmm. and you could see like her concocting the situation mm-hmm. and you could see that she was manipulating every conducting. Yeah. The calculating. Scene. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. I think that's the best opening scene I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Because they were able between the writing of that scene and her acting, they were able to literally tell us everything there was to know about her. Mm hmm. In just that one scene. Incredible. Yeah. And what's even more incredible is like we knew everything about her and yet we still learned so much more. Uh That was the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Which means that we had two hours and 15 minutes to see her develop even more. Right. Which 
they 100% delivered on that. Yeah. Like, we got to see huge developments in her life. In Absolutely. her and even just her personality and her character that to me is even more impressive because i felt like the same as you it was yeah. like we hadn't we knew so much about her already yeah but then it was just like completely like peeling back even more and more and mm-hmm. more she was a very layered person yes and i think especially having her be somebody who is fictional mm-hmm. was that was very impressive to do because i felt like they built her Literally from her childhood to currently, you f- you know everything about her life. And in a way that wasn't just like a ton of exposition and a ton of like characters saying specific things mm-hmm. so that you learn it. You learned it through context. Yeah. And I thought that was really great throughout that. We, I was going to say, yeah. yeah, there was just a lot of nuance and subtleties yeah. throughout this whole movie that were beautiful. Like yeah. extremely, I don't know what else to say besides non-traditional. Like, And I think going back to the issue that we had with the self-indulgent parts was because the movie was so successful at being nuanced and at being subtle. And then there were like five to ten scenes that were very long mm-hmm. that were basically the opposite of subtle it was like let me force the most explicit symbolism down your throat yeah you know what i mean yeah and so it was almost like it was we were watching two different movies and there was one movie that we loved loved and like (laughs) could go on talking about forever and Mm -hmm. then there was another movie that was just like what on earth were you doing todd okay so i just had a little bit of a revelation Mm mm-hmm so you know how you said like this movie is the character yeah like this movie is symbolic and representative of the character lydia tar right she does have moments where mm-hmm. you see her because she herself is a nuance right like she's the personification of the word nuance <laughs> but she has moments where you see her not be nuanced mm-hmm. and be a little bit disheveled or be a little bit rough or right. be a little bit not as that poignant like you're saying that poignant kind of movement of the hands like there's moments where she isn't that uh-huh and so i'm wondering if that i mean if that's true then maybe these little moments in the movie were kind of like representing that about her it might have been i mean or I, maybe we're just like getting really heady with we it. might be getting heady with it but also like I'm this movie was heady so yeah, like it's, it's taking probably it's taking us there but I also think that like for a general audience this movie is not going to be super palatable no and I think if you haven't sat through <laughs> a movie like drive my car uh-huh. um or like these other really long burns that have these really long scenes with like wide shots that are held for a really mm-hmm. long time where two characters are talking far away and there's no close-ups there's no movement in the scene and so sometimes those scenes aren't even as long as you think they are it's just right. because of the way that they're framed and the way that they typically don't have music playing mm-hmm. at all very quiet so those scenes feel drawn out and they feel very play-like Right. I still think that a lot of times that method is just really overdone mm-hmm. by the film world where it's just like that's the only way that you can have an Oscar nominated piece right. is to have make a long ass movie <laughs> with a <laughs> yeah. bunch of self-indulgent scenes right. and cuts right. and yeah I agree I'm finished with giving my beef about the movie Okay. because what I would like to say now I don't know if you have other issues with it but no. what I would like to say now is 
that this was fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it was beautiful to watch. It was beautiful to look at. The acting all around, I thought, was amazing. Yeah, there wasn't a bad actor. There really was found. not. No. Honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I thought it was very moving, Mm -hmm. you know, in a lot of ways, like whether it be the tension or the suspense or whatever, but it was a roller coaster. It was, (laughs) it really was. And I think that this for me is going to be a little bit like everything everywhere all at once. Where it's going to take you a while to like it. Because it was so much content to, like you said, to digest, Mm -hmm. not only for like the length of it, but just like what the actual subject matter was. Uh Uh-huh. That, like, I'm going to need a minute on but this I, one. But I can sense that while you're talking it out that you're liking it more and more. And I know that's what's going to happen. <laughs> like, this might become one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Like, I, I can feel that bubbling up inside of me. Right. A, because I'm a fucking slut for music. Right. Like any movie about Which a musician. I, will say, I actually wish that there was a little bit more music in this. We could have. Throughout. I definitely agree. We could have. However, I will say, I know I never played a classical instrument, but I was classically trained in opera Mm -hmm. singing. And so a lot of the rehearsal scenes for me felt extremely real. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was very genuine, very authentic. And I thought those moments were actually really cool just to kind of see her working and sort Mm -hmm. of see her brain kind of do its thing I guess right I would say it felt very authentic throughout except I did catch that the actress that plays (laughs) the wife like she is also like a violinist Mm -hmm. and I could tell that she was the only person in that room who didn't know how to play the violin yeah she was just there to yeah she was doing her best i think it's time to give our popcorn score let's do it and then we'll move into spoilers okay i'm gonna let you go first okay so large popcorn for me wow you you went from literally being like i don't know to large yes 20 minutes yes wow okay Okay, to be fair the movie ended probably 30 minutes ago Uh uh-huh the lady that works at regal helped me start to process before we even started the podcast she was your therapist so (laughs) she she, asked the right questions she asked the right questions and she got my brain working yeah and it was too long but it's still a large popcorn yeah i'm going to also give it a large i think i think that the great parts of this experience and of this movie and especially Kate Kate Blanchett. Mm. Even if you go into that and think, oh my God, this is the longest movie I've ever seen in Mm -hmm. my life. I don't think anybody can deny that that was a masterful performance. Mm -hmm. There were some scenes that were also just as scenes masterful, like that Mm. opening scene I was talking about and also the subtleties and the context and the nuance of how you discover more and more and more about this woman Mm -hmm. and watch as like kind of her life falls apart. Yes. And unravels. And I think it was as uncomfortable as watching there's a Black Mirror episode with Bryce Dallas Howard where like kind of like her life falls apart and it gave me that same feeling Mm. where you're Mm -hmm. just like you know that this person is doing it to themselves but you still feel so uncomfortable watching it yep and so for that I gotta give it a large popcorn two large popcorns coming right up hello welcome to the spoiler section of this episode. This is the part where we talk about 
all of the good stuff. This is the part where we talk about how she just randomly got attacked by a dog for no reason. I'm still mad about that. And I'm still mad about how we don't know where the cellist actually lives. So was she attacked by a dog? Or did she fall up the stairs and then she said she was attacked by a dog? I don't even know. But she was running from a dog. And yeah. So these are the scenes that we're talking about where there's this... (laughs) (laughs) There's this cellist that she keeps dropping off at her house, but the house from the outside looks very shady. We don't really know where she's going. She lives in some sort of a little... It looks like she's going into an abandoned alleyway. Yeah. And so eventually... Kate Blanchett's character after she leaves something in the car she goes to find the cellist and she ends up in this dark seedy abandoned basement where there's a dog running around after her yeah and then she runs from the dog and trips up the steps and I was just like what is this (laughs) right right and that was the moment like you said that was one of those moments that was just like what's going on yeah like where where did we come from And I think so just to give more context to everything is that the main plot point throughout this movie is not just like watch Kate Blanchett, even though like it could have been. It wasn't the main plot point. Right. The main plot point of the story was that Kate Blanchett's character, Lydia Tarr, who again is this world famous composer who they even said is like an EGOT winner. Mm -hmm. So she's like the best of the best. Right. Um, We find out that she has been having inappropriate relationships with her female students and even like her assistant. We don't really know for sure if it's sexual, but it's very manipulative yes. and it's it's like she's leading these women on to think that there is more to their relationship than there actually is yes which you see that happening live in the movie with her assistant, assistant. Mm-hmm. but then you also hear about it in pieces revealed throughout the movie that there is a former pupil of hers named Krista who after having an inappropriate relationship with Krista, Krista basically could not let it go mm-hmm. and became kind of like a stalker, like mm-hmm. a little obsessed with her and like emailed her constantly. And because of that, Lydia ruins her career and tells every yeah. single orchestra, don't hire this girl. She's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, the girl kills herself. And basically reveals to, I think that said that the parents found out. So it must have been like a note or something. Mm -hmm. The girl basically reveals that she was groomed by Tar. And then Tar basically like discarded her. Mm -hmm. And Tar is basically this predator. Right. That story was so good and so well told that we were like we were like clinging on to each other like wanting more information we were just like when are they gonna tell us more yes and (laughs) to that same like about wanting to know more and getting more details and explanation i need to connect that girl with the moments of pure terror yeah because she was the girl that we kept seeing yep so in the interview there was the back of a woman's head that was Uh a redhead there is a scene where Kate Blanchett aka Lydia Tarr is in her apartment Mm -hmm. alone 
and you see a woman with red hair standing in the background. Yep. There's multiple times throughout yes. the movie, but there's also scenes where her metronome is going off in the middle of the night mm. or she is missing things. And basically, like, we don't know yet that this girl killed herself. We th- right. we think that she's being Actually stalked. There. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, given that she's dead, it's more of a, like, a haunted situation sure. where she feels guilty and mm-hmm. haunted by this person. But when you don't know that the person's dead and, like, <laughs> we didn't know. And, like, I still, I'm, like, still wiping away fear tears just talking about it and yeah. thinking about it. Because the moment where we saw a woman just standing just there. standing in the back of her house. Like, uh-huh. that was, like, a str- like a stranger's moment. Okay, but the most terrifying moment in the entire movie was... There's a relationship in the movie that is very special and it is between Tar and her adopted daughter. Tar's wife even says this to her that the only relationship in Tar's life that isn't transactional is yep. with her daughter. So yep. she actually loves her daughter. Yep. And they have a great relationship and her daughter also really trusts Tar loves and her. and loves yeah. her and sees her for like an actual person and not this like figure that everybody else sees her as and so obviously throughout the film tar has been haunted by this woman not like actually haunted this is not a ghost story just haunted in her head and then there's this scene where her daughter is asking for her comfort in the middle of the night because she can't sleep Mm -hmm. and her daughter looks straight into the camera Mm-hmm. And does Tar like look back and yes. it's like she's like, what do you see? Kind of a thing. Yes, she sees her daughter look over her shoulder, uh-huh. which is when she looks into the camera. So she's looking like basically they're kind of in like an embrace almost. Uh-huh. And so Tar's kind of like her head is they're facing opposite directions. Yeah. And so she sees her daughter's literally. You just see her eyes shift. Oh my god! I get like I Ooh. still have chills. I just got chills. You see her eyes shift over, like she sees someone uh-huh. or something, and then Lydia turns around. Yeah. And there's nothing. And that's the thing is that like the recognition, obviously, you know, it's like symbolic that the child recognizes that there's something wrong with her mom and there's something that's lurking, whether or not it's again, it's not this isn't a ghost story. But that was the first moment that any other person in Tar's life Mm -hmm. recognized or saw any of these other things that she was seeing Mm -hmm. and hearing. Like she was really sensitive to sounds and she kept hearing specific things going off and Mm -hmm. having this little girl who again is the only person that sees Tar for who Tar is like deep down Mm -hmm. and like the good side of her. Right having her literally like staring at whatever is haunting her i was just like whoa (laughs) that was fucked it was was fucked fucked, but so good but so good that was one of the best scenes i think in the yeah we both were like what the fuck yeah like (laughs) and i just got fear tears and chills again yeah like talking about it So again, it's like this whole thing where you have that scene and then you also have two scenes actually where she's just eating lunch with this old composer and they're just chatting. 
who looks like my dad who looks ex- i'm not exactly like your dad but he looks like the british version of your dad yeah and it was so wild to me because even like his posture was the same and i was <laughs> yeah. like what it was so precious. british jim yes he looked just like my dad speaking of dads that was a really horrible connection i was like was there a dad there in was- this well <laughs> Tar introduces herself to her child's bully as the child's father. Oh yeah, <laughs> which was such a fucking boss like move. She's such a badass. Like, in this and movie. she also said it in German, which to me was even better. Yeah. Like she was like, "I'm Petra's father," but it was in German. Uh-huh. And I was just like, "Stop." Her German, I don't know German fluently. Obviously, I you know I know right. a couple phrases here or there, but it sounded very natural. Yeah, she sounded great. Yeah, I mean, of course she would. Like she was really. Um, successful to it like floating in and out of the German mm-hmm. because um, her character lives and works in Berlin right and so she basically was doing I don't know what the German word for Spanglish right. is but like Germlish Germlish yeah Germlish 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 anyways the connection I was trying to make is another little detail about Tar that comes really right at the end Mm -hmm. of the movie where we get to see where she came from yeah that was great and we get to find out that her name is actually not lydia it's fucking linda her (laughs) name is linda and her last name was tar but Uh it was t-a-r-r yeah and she changed it to lydia tar with an an accent. accent yep and she also not only is her name linda and she came from some it looked like staten island yeah, maybe yeah, yeah i think it was and just like a old podunk house Wood on staten island walls. Yeah, like a old ass house and like her brother with a heavy accent yes. was there like just checking the mail and i think one of the best things about that whole scene was that you know this is after the girl killed herself and told the parents and then it all tumbled mm-hmm. and basically her assistant eventually turns on her too and that just leads to her completely losing her just entire unraveling. career. Yeah. And so I think one of the best parts about that scene when she was at her childhood home was that her brother, even though she was one of the most famous people in the world and is currently going through the biggest like cancel moment mm-hmm. of any person like she's literally going from having like this huge symphony being recorded and everybody right. looking forward to it to not even having a just career canceled. yeah my favorite thing was that her brother just walks in and is checking the mail doesn't even like care that she's there and just goes hey linda and he says or sorry lydia sorry lydia yeah and it was just like one of those things where he you know that he's so sick of her bullshit like yes (laughs) like listen if she's from staten island they've been sick of her bullshit yeah like they're like get the fuck out of here your name is linda you're not special Uh uh-huh all of that shit i think that was that i also agree and he was just like yeah mom said you're probably gonna be here like it was just like she just came home for thanksgiving dinner yeah like it was just a normal day i really that was a really nice uh a nice moment and a nice scene i thought that yeah, it's just of, like some of the details of this movie are just yeah. impeccable. Now, another favorite part of mine, and I think it's probably a favorite part of yours, is when we see the beginning of her symphony start. And it's mm-hmm. you see the trumpeter that she put off stage to mm-hmm. create this like distant sound. And you're like, oh, this is it. And she's in her tuxedo and she's ready to walk out. And the music builds 
and then you realize she's not the fucking conductor. Yes. And she fucking she pushed it. She literally yeeted that Yeets guy him. right off of the conductor Which the, stand. The best part is that the conductor is this wildly unlikable dude that has the worst haircut I've ever seen. Yes, and he's been trying to steal her ideas uh-huh. like ever since the movie started. <laughs> yes. And like she hates him and so she just like catapults him off of the podium it was so beats him up (laughs) (laughs) like it was so fucky boss and they had to like escort her Uh off of the stage it was incredible and i think that was one of the things where i felt so emotionally conflicted throughout because Mm -hmm. i know she's a shitty person and like is a narc probably yeah and is so manipulative and has used and abused people including her own wife right she basically used her wife to get that position to get that position because her wife is first chair violinist for uh-huh. the symphony and so basically she wooed her wife and then convinced her wife to give her like all the inside scoop so that she could figure mm-hmm. out how to become the conductor of the berlin symphony which is like a huge symphony right even though you know all of these things and you know she's manipulative and you know she's honestly a predator they did such a good job of having you also simultaneously like kind of fall for it too yeah like you fall for it she tricks us into liking her she tricked (laughs) she certainly tricked me yeah and i think i mean obviously a large part of it is just kate blanchett being kate blanchett but um but she had like big masculine energy in this yeah she did and we all know that that's what i come (laughs) to see so that's why you're here yeah (laughs) so yeah i think overall the best thing about this movie besides just her performance is just the complexity of her character and how much it's just watching all of those layers unpeel and and mm-hmm. become exposed throughout it was just like a it was a treat chef's kiss yeah i am glad to hear you like it because yes. to be honest in the theater I thought you hated every second of it. Really? Yeah, because you kept like rolling your eye. You kept telling me like, <laughs> like you kept like, what's, what? Listen, because you I'm were so frustrated. You, I was so frustrated at like the delivery of some of the information was just yeah. not enough for me. Uh huh. But then later, like I pieced it all together right. and I'm processing. I'm telling you, it's I have had the same reaction to everything everywhere else. So at once. if you plan to see this movie, have patience. Yeah. Let it go where it needs to go. Don't think you're going to get a lot of information right you're from the start. Not. You're not. <laughs> you will not. You're not going to get it when you want it. No. And you're never actually going to get all of the pieces that you want. Mm-mm. So you just have to trust the process. That movie was one of the biggest exercises in trusting the process Ooh, I think I've been through in a theater hurt. in a long time. And that challenged me. That was, that was in a, a big challenge. way. It was. But I'm very glad we decided to go see this. I think it was a really nice change of pace. So cool. All right, everybody. That does it for us. And next week, very excited because Black Panther Wakanda Forever comes out. Yes. I know it's 
getting really hype reviews mm-hmm. from the premiere. So very excited to get back into Marvel. I feel like it's been a long time. It's been a minute. So we're super excited for that. So check out our next episode next Friday. Go give us a follow on Instagram if you haven't already. And we will see you next week. Thanks for joining us on the ride home.